We just need you, Lord Jesus. We need you so desperately in our lives. Not just when we give our life to you. Yes, the Spirit of Christ comes in us and seals us for eternity and gives us the hope of eternity that we did not have. The realization that settles in our hearts that we have been forgiven because we have repented. We have decided to change. Decided to walk away from the things of this world and the things of the flesh. The pride of life, Lord. We want to die of self. We want less of us and more of you in our lives, Lord. Fill us afresh with your spirit. Encourage us in your spirit. Let us walk in the spirit and truth. As your word tells, if we walk in the spirit and truth, we will not fulfill the loss of the flesh. Bless our time, Lord, as now as we open up the word. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to illuminate your word to us individually, but collectively as a body of believers. Here in your name, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> That last song, I got a little, little low, just a little low. So really, guys, some of the guys are like, yes, we're going low on these, some of those songs. I can sing them. And the ladies are going, oh, I'm struggling here. Can't get down here. Can't get a higher voice up there. <clears throat> hey, yo, please open up your Bibles, please, to the book of Revelation, as we will be continuing where we left off last week. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 13, and we'll be picking up here in verse 11 through 18. In Revelation 13, it presents to us two beasts. Two beasts who will rule the world in tandem. In chapter 13, verses 1 through 10, last week we saw the Antichrist, the first beast, coming on the scene, a genius of a figure, a genius of a leader, and today we're going to see the next beast. We will see the second beast appears to be a religious figure we refer to as the false prophet. Both men receive their power and orders from Satan, the great deceiver and imitator. The first beast who rises from the sea, which refers to the Gentile nations, is the political or military leader. The one that everyone is going to be required to worship and to bow down and to be subject to, controlled by. While the second beast that we will see today who comes from the earth and not the sea, and the earth is referring to, of the, of many believe, the referring to the land or the earth or the land of Israel which many believe would lead to believe the second person it may be of a Jewish nature. The Antichrist would become from a Gentile nations. This one could be coming from 
the nation of Israel. Now the Antichrist will be this genius wonder, will be fatally wounded and come back to life, will be demanded to be worshipped, will have power with words that are empowered by Satan that no one can, can be swayed from. There will be tremendous swaying from this man. And will lead war against those who will not worship him. Those of the Jews and those of those who are, uh, gave their life to Christ during the tribulation time. Those who still on this earth, who are believers, will be made war against and will be beheaded. In chapter 13, verse 11, we see here, Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and spoke like a dragon. So as we look at this very first verse, we see this creature represents someone like the beast here. I saw another beast. It's like the first beast, but different in the fact that it came from a different location, looks differently, but spoke with the same power and evilness. And so I saw another beast. John says, says, it's like a beast rising from the sea. But no, no, this came from the earth because it's the same word, the same two words of the beast, of the Antichrist or the beast of the false prophet we're talking about is the same word here. It's describing them both. But that this beast is different in its character, nature, and purpose. There are different origins. Because one comes out of the sea, the other one comes out of the earth. They are different in rank. Because we see there in the scripture that the second one coming out of the earth it has just two horns and as a lamp, spoke like a dragon. We will see in verse 12, this person had a different ranking, meaning he was subordinate to the first. Even though they were equal, they were, one was sporting the other in its role of being a leader of this one world government. And we will see this, this beast, this false prophet's purpose is to Move the world who still live here to move him in a way to cause the, the people to worship the first beast. They're different in appearance. It appears the second one, the false prophet, has a more mild appearance. It's like a lamb, like a little lamb. He's coming there with just two horns. Why two horns? Still has power. The horns refer to power in the scriptures, but not to the power that we saw of multiple heads, etc., etc., of the Antichrist. But these two horns may express the fact that these, this beast has authority in two realms, such as religious and political authority or economic authority. He may have two horns simply because that's how many horns the lamb has. But he has the ability to speak like a dragon. Despite the innocent looking lamb like appearance. The cute little fuzzy curly hair maybe. <laughs> little, you see, 
but it's going to have a sissing sound of a dragging attached to this, this person. Small, small, I would expect, but mighty. The message of the second beast is the same as the message of the first beast. It's the same message that Satan is giving. So the second beast is called the false prophet because we see in verse 13 when we get there, of chapter 16, I should say, 16 verse 13, and Revelation 19, 20, and Revelation 20, 10, gives those references of the false prophet. For those taking notes. But he's very distinct from the first beast, the Antichrist. And he's also distinct from the dragon who is Satan. But he speaks the words that come from the dragon, Satan, in his purpose. With the dragon, the beast rising from the sea and the beast rising from the land will have an unholy trinity about them. The dragon is the anti-father. The beast rising from the sea, the antichrist, is the antichrist. Instead of opposite, going against what Christ represents. The beast here, now we read today, is rising from the land, which is the anti-Holy Spirit. Moving against and away from the Holy Spirit. But it's its unholy trinity that they represent. Why? Because... Satan is an imitator of God. So God is a trinity. He will imitate likeness and a purpose for him will create that same kind of imitation of a trinity. Now we see in verse 12, and he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence. So what he's saying is that this first, the Antichrist, is going to give directions and this false prophet is going to be supporting and encouraging and probably enforcing behind the scenes or maybe up front. Either way, he's a much smaller, milder, lamb-like approach. He's not the bold-in-your-face probably kind of guy. But more the gentle and approachable type. But still with the same demonic evil message. And he's going to exercise all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first, the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And we will see that mentioned a couple of times the fact that he had this deadly wound and was healed. Deadly wound was healed because it's going to be that miracle is going to cause people to believe he is of, he is of God or God in that nature to follow him because it's a miraculous thing. People have a tendency to seek after miracles, seek after experiences. Looking for the experience. I don't go to that church because I don't get the experience that I'm looking for. Be very careful when you're looking for experiences as a means of to tell you if it's, if it's of God or not. Because as we will see in the scripture, it's going to be very deceiving based on miracles and experiences. But we see he, he's going to exercise. This beast is rising from the earth. is going to have essentially a satanic false prophet message that's going to cause people to dwell, who are still dwelling on this earth, to worship the first beast. That's the purpose of him. 
Understand the nature of man. By nature, understand. Men have an undeniable religious impulse. And they also have an undeniable rebellion against God. And what men want most is not to eliminate some form of their religion, of what their beliefs are. This is what I believe kind of mentality. Because they want to create their own religion. They want to be their own God. That's our struggle for all of us prior to coming to Christ. We always wanted to be our own God. We wanted to decide what we will do in our lives and how we will live, when we live, and however we do. And we're going to make it happen because I'm going to define for my life how I'm going to live. That's our nature. It's our fallen nature. It's a rebellious nature. But it gets really bad when you come to Christ and you are not willing to be submissive and humble to the, the Savior, to Jesus Christ as your Savior, as your Lord and Savior. You're, you've got the religiosity, but you're not willing to let Him be Lord. You still want to be God's. You still want to be in control of your life and just do whatever you want to do and however you want to do it. And God just has to ex- expect it. Accept it. It's just the way it is. I'm telling you, you're a miserable Christian. You're not filled with the joy of God. You're not filled with joy. You're not filled with His peace. When you're, you and I go into rebellion of that some type. And so we have to watch these things when we look at these things. Because just as the Holy Spirit points people to Jesus Christ as the person to worship. This false prophet is going to imitate and will point people who still live on this earth to the Antichrist as the world's Savior and Messiah. That's the purpose of this man, the false prophet. And how we will do that is he performs great signs. Verse 13, he performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. He's allowed and given that power to be able to bring down and in a form of what we see, a fire coming down from heaven. Verse 14, and he deceives those who dwell on the earth because that's what Satan does. He deceives you. He robs you and then he will kill you. That is what Satan's after and his demonic forces are always trying to do for you. Deceive you to walk away from the things of God that God is using in your life for you to grow. He'll deceive you. And it comes in all forms and fashions. And then once he's deceived you, then he robs you. He takes you away from what God's purpose in your life. And you will not serve God. You will not even follow God. You won't even read the word of God. You won't even pray. You you just go and keep doing your life. And then once he's got you out doing nothing, he doesn't stop there. He'll destroy you. He'll destroy you and your family and everybody around you. That's how Satan works. And those left behind in the tribulation times, this is the experience they were going to experience. People are experiencing it now. They're going to experience then. But he will perform great signs, this beast will. 
Just like the one in the beast and the rising from the sea. Signs and wonders to back up his false teaching. A specific miracle of the false prophet is described. He will make fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. So John is highlighting this, this miracle. Why? Because in the eyes of the deceived world... It answers the miracle of the two witnesses that we talked about earlier on. These two witnesses who ministered during this period and are prescribed by the Antichrist and the false prophet. They're trying to mimic anything. They're from the two witnesses, from Elijah, you name it. They're going to try to imitate, to move the Jews to believe this is the Messiah, the Savior that God talked about in the Old Testament. To the deceiving world, this is also puts this false prophet in that, again, go back and read 1 Kings chapter 18, in that class of Elijah bringing fire down. You almost could picture it, can you not? There's this false prophet among the people and, every, and everyone across the world, of his satellites, whatever mechanisms, just as, as a whole world will see the two witnesses die and come back to life. They'll probably will see him, and I can see him sitting here. Let the true God answer what I'm talking about, what the Antichrist is saying, and let the true fire come down, and it happens. Deceiving everybody. Why? Because people are chasing after miracles instead of relying upon on the word of God. How many times people will chase experiences and feelings and all kinds of things that get twisted and squirrely in their heads and never go back to the word of God and back to the truths of what God has revealed and the promises. And we get deceived. And we make very bad emotional decisions. And they never affect just you or me. It always affects everybody around you. Hence why we always have to come back to the word of God and, and, and sit with him and sort things through to make sure you're right with God. See, in the days of Exodus, Aaron performed miracles and up to a point was matched miracle for miracle, if you remember, by the magicians of Egypt. They were matching word for word, uh, miracle for, for miracle. And, and we find in Exodus chapters I think it's seven through nine. There's like two or three chapters there. Then we also see that in Deuteronomy 13, one through five, God assumes there will be supernatural works on behalf of false prophets. He warns them, false prophets are going to come in and they're going to do these miracles. They're going to hand out their idols. He warns people. He warns his people to judge a worker of miracles by their message, by their words, not only by their works. Be careful. Just because they're showing a miracle and because they just seem really godly, what does the words from their heart say? They say in any form or fashion, run away from God or run away from what God is doing in your life. and whatever. Be very careful. Jesus said that some, of, uh, some who worked miracles, even in his name, were false followers and would perish in hell. We see that warning in Matthew chapter 7, verses 22 and 23. People who come in my name, 
They're going to say, Jesus told me this is what we need to do. And this is how, Jesus told us how this is how we do it. Oh, I know the Lord has shown me this. I mean, all, it, you can use however phrasing you want to use these days. But you're going to use Jesus' name to kind of back you up on what you would like to do for yourself. And, and it may be not even lined up with the words. Jesus said, and in the end times, false prophets would emerge and show great signs and wonders to deceive. Matthew 24, 24. So we've been warned in the scripture, don't follow the miracles and signs. Follow the word of God. Paul even warned us in 2 Thessalonians 2, 9. He said that the Antichrist will come with all power, sign, and lying wonders. And so when you see the scripture and you know these things and we're warned by the scriptures, don't be deceived when you see these things. Don't be shocked when you see these things. It's still shocking. Knowing all this, the emphasis is on signs and wonders among some Christians is very frightening to watch what they do or what they're looking for, what they're trying to experience. Because some Christians out there, will say to you and me, you can really know where God is and where his power is by signs and wonders. Oh, God is there. Did you see that sign, that wonder? Man, the presence of God. Be very careful. Because you're literally, as the scripture says to you and I, if we do that, you're opening your up to deception. People all the time. You can go out there. People post all kinds of things of signs and wonders for a Christian. You can surf the internet all day long and watch one of these signs and wonders. I highly recommend you do not do that. Because you're opening up to, to you to deception, the Bible says. I don't know about you. I don't want to be deceived. But notice the fact that he was granted this power to breathe, right? He deceives those on the dwelling on the earth, those signs which he had granted to, the, to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. And he granted power to give breath to the image of the beast. That the image of the beast should, be, should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He deceives. Those who are here still will be deceived by those signs. But I'm cautioning you and me as a brother and as a sister. I, I'm telling you, don't think that you can't be deceived today. Even though we're not in the tribulation time of the seven-year tribulation, don't think you're not, the Satan's not working these things now, trying to deceive you and I through signs and wonders. And false, of these false teachers who are always trying to hook you on something to get you to move away from where God is working in your life. To distract you. To cause division. 
to cause bitterness and resentment and these things into your hearts or jealousies and all these other warnings that we see in the scripture. Be very careful because Satan wants you to go down those paths. Because if he gets you down that path, that means you will divide and conquer and eventually you're just going to walk away from God. You'll say you'll never do it. But I've been around in the ministry long enough to watch it played out. You're on a spiral, you're going down and you don't even know it. But the scripture tells us so. So it doesn't matter what Pastor Corey says. I'm telling you what the word of God says. And if you think it won't happen to you or happen to me, if we get on that same downward spiral in our minds and go squirrely, you are, you've been deceived already. You've already been deceived. You're in trouble. You need to stop and hear the message here. This message is for you. You need to stop and turn around and go back to Jesus and have the foundation in Christ and get rid of the things that are not of him out of your life. Because brother and sister, I don't want you to be deceived. Too many get deceived. But we see here in these verses, he's out to deceive telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beasts. Why? Why would I make an image? Well, he's the one that was wounded so fatally and he came back to life. What do you mean you can't be worshiping and following and this leader who has tremendous power? God is obviously on his side. Or even worse, he is God. In the beginning, the first three and a half years, it's just a great leader, a genius, is solving all these problems for the world problems. The climate problem has been saved by this guy. The economic problem has been saved by this guy. Go down the list of all the things that are being sent up here. The, the conflict between the Jews and the Muslims and, the, and Christians and the Gentiles and all that. Oh, this guy's bringing what, a peace treaty. Oh, it's, this is a God. I know none of you are going to say, oh, that, that, he, he, this must be of God. I know you're not going to say it because you know what the scripture says. But those who do not know Christ and does not have discernment because the spirit of Christ living with them, they're going to be deceived terribly. And they're going to be, you're, it's not like it's, he's, he's, He's saying, he's telling those who dwell on earth. He's not asking those who are on earth. He's telling them, you will make an image of this beast, of this man. And he's like, how would anyone do that? Well, go to the Soviet Union. Go to China. Where do you see? In, go to Saudi Arabia and see these huge pictures of who? Their leader. They are to see every day the picture of the leader and bow down to him. That is the same mentality that will happen. Demonic, dark movement is going to happen in, in, the, in the tribulation time. But it's interesting in our times today, based on verses when you would have read this hundreds and thousands of years ago, what is the image he's talking about? Is it a little idol? No. Is it a coin? Probably, but I don't think so. I think coins and the cash is going away here very soon. So there's no coins being around with minted with his little image on it. 
I think the image of the beast is going to be an animated in some way. And that it has breath and can speak. It, the creation of AI brings this in so clear for us today. Robots are so clear to us today. 3D images and all these things that can do and, and capable of doing already. It's not mainstream yet, but it will be mainstream. So when you see these things, I don't know what it's going to be, and I don't plan on being here. Because the rapture would have happened and we would have been out of here. But the bottom line is, is this. You, if you're left behind, which I pray you would not. So in a broad sense, if you're hearing my voice and you, don't have, a, you have not trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm talking to you right now. You will not be asked. You will be told to create an image of that man and you will bow down to it you will give allegiance to that man your life if not those we will see if you do not you'll be beheaded for your faith in not him as the messiah but jesus christ as the messiah see we have this this amazing Maybe it, was, it could be very supernaturally, and it may not even be technology at all. It may not be AI at all. But if you're watching the things that have happened that are come out in mainstream versions and what the talks are out there and what AI is going to become and should become, and is, 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 it should rock you. It should really actually, actually get you very excited because we're going home soon. But for those who are not really walking with God, it should really shock you. It should, should shake you. Because it's becoming more and more clear how the false prophet is going to cause them who are left behind to worship this, the first beast. The psalmist, in Psalm 135, verses 15 and 16, the psalmist mocked this, the idol worshipers. Because the idols of the heathen are silver and gold, the work of man's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. The image that will be created for the Antichrist will be very different. They're not going to be little wooden statues here. They're going to be a completely different kind of idol, an idol, the image that the beast should, should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. That's how powerful this is. Notice the language here. I'll take it very slow again. After he's there, tell people to create this image of the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. Verse 15, he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast. That the image of the beast should both speak and cause, key word, as many as would not worship, not create the image, not bow down to the image, of the beast to be killed. So whatever this image is, whatever that capability is, whatever that is going to be brought about, 
is going to be very powerful to take a life of a person. See, this idolatrous image is what Jesus and Daniel and Paul spoke of, the abomination of desolation we see in Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. Matthew 24, 15. 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 3 and 4. This idolatrous image is set up in the holy place of the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem. And it is an abomination in the sense of being supreme idolatry that is to bow down and not to God. That he is God. And it's this desolation in the sense that it will, be, will bring the judgment described upon this world. Because after this moment in the temple, we see the rest of the judgments being poured out here. God is going to turn on this Antichrist. They're going to turn on the, the false prophet. They're going to turn on those who've rejected God. And we're going to see the trumpets and the bowls played out. But understand and remember what the scripture tells us. The Antichrist's power is limited. It's limited to and will end in 42 months. It's limited. It marks the halfway point of the seven-year tribulation. Then at the three and a half, when he walks in and, 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 and abomination and desolation and into the, that temple, everything, that's it. God says, okay, you're three and a half years. Boom, I'm back. In verse 16, we find how are they going to control the people of the world at that time? How are they going to do it? How do you think they're doing it today? How did they have control over us today in many respects, if you allowed them to? Through fear. We have God has given us an innate natural instinct to preserve life. Try holding your breath. You can't do it. You will fight to do whatever it is to have life. And so when they, someone threatens your life or puts fear in your life, be it true or not, it causes people to move and to follow and get an order to what the plan is to preserve your life. We, hear, we see in verse 16 and 17, he causes all, what's the word all? means all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave. Do you mean that Zuckerberg in his little, his little bunker and Bezos in his little bunkers and his little, you know, things that they're building out because they know something's going to happen in this world and they're creating all these high-tech bunkers to protect themselves? Do you think these billionaires don't know what's happening? To preserve... They, they think they can. They think they're gods. They can. They can with their their money and their wealth. The gates of the world. They think they can just do whatever they can do to preserve their life and still rule as an elite. No, the scripture tells us right. It doesn't matter if you're small or great, rich or poor, free or slave. 
to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads. He's going to cause everyone to get one of those who are left behind, who's still alive. Verse 17, and that no one may buy or sell except the one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. So you see what's happening. There's going to be a position of time when there's a one world government, one world economy, one world. And you're like, that's impossible. I hope that's not you saying that. I hope that's not you saying that. Because the Bible tells us that's exactly what's going to happen. And he's going to cause, they're going to have power, Satan's going to have enough power to give the two beasts the ability, does it matter if you're small or great, rich, poor, free or slave? You are going to be put in a position, not only to put an image to the, uh, the, of, uh, of the Antichrist to worship him, but you are going, again, I say you generally, those who are left behind here, those who are still alive, they will make a conscious decision to take the mark of this beast. The mark of that. So people get, we get a lot of attentions when something happens today. Oh, is that the mark of the beast? Or is is that the Antichrist? uh, Calm down. Because if you're walking with the Lord really close like, you should be excited. And I get those emails and calls too. Pastor, did you see? Oh, the Lord must be coming back soon. Because you know what the scripture says. I think very, very soon we're going to be, we're going to be, everything's going to be electronic. I mean, it's just, the money economic system is going to be a digital system. So all of us who have big jars of coins, you better cash it in quickly. Because it ain't going to have any value soon. All that money you have stuffed in your mattresses and pillows and in the freezer and stuff, you probably should best get it moved in a better place to your money. Because soon that paper is, of, well, it's not of any value today. But if, it, it seems to have value today if you pull out 100, it's, it's, it's stuck in your mattress and use it. You can still get some amount of money out of it. But it's very clear that all that cash and abilities to move cash back and forth is going away because the only way you can have economic control and political control and power over people is to control two things in my mind. Your money and health care. What gives anyone the biggest fear? The fear of death. And starving. Not having a place to live. That will give you the biggest fear and you will move. If you're not resting in Christ and and empowered by Christ, you will be moved to do things you would not do in your right mind. That is how they're going to do it. He's going to cause all to receive a mark on their hand. Or 
on their foreheads. Why would they do that? Verse 17, that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark of mark or the name of the beast or the name, number of his name. So this evil sidekick, the false prophet, will institute the Antichrist worship. Be the messenger, you will worship him. Create the image, which will be tied closely and enforced people to comply by economic pressure. To get access to health care. And clearly, Antichrist will control the end time global economy, no question in the scripture. He will rule over global supply and demand. You will not buy or sell. You can't get it. So the, always the question is, what does this mark look like? And lots of people have theories. But under this government, one world government of the beast and his associate, all will be given a mark to identify that you're for him and with him and part of the, the solution, part of the right thing to do. Without the mark, no one will be able to participate in the economy. Since the ancient Greek word for mark is karagama, it means tattoo. It's generally applied to people. It's upon the person. Some have taken this as symbolic mark, but I don't see it as symbolic. I see this as a literal mark needed to buy and sell to, to receive. It's practical. It's conceivable. It is, has to be able to be, have the ability to be easily scanned, easily seen, easily known, and it's identified just for you. So I believe it's going to be a visible uh, brand, a, a mark, a tattoo, a, some kind of visual, and it will be placed upon the right hand or forehead of people. And I don't know why they have choice. Oh, don't, please, don't mess my makeup up. I get, put it on my hand. I don't know if that's the decision-making tree. But for some reason, those are the two options. Now, it's interesting, a mark. Why a mark? Well, Satan, again, is an imitator. Satan is not a creative being. All he can do is imitate God. So we're not surprised to see that he uses a mark on the people, his people, who are putting their allegiance to him. Why? Because we see that God put a mark on his people back in chapter 7, verses 3 through 5. The 144,000, they were marked for his purpose. But it's going to be something from a name to a number. And the one number that will cause even non-believers to, to take note is what? 666. 
Has it ever happened to you? You're, <laughs> you're doing something random and, and numbers pop up. You know, that's 666 in it. I'm not taking that. You're, you're pumping gas. And he's like, I, I, 666, I, I'm going to get one more sense in there. There can't be all 666. I mean, it's, it, it will cause any of us to alert when we see the number that represents his name and who he is. Even people who don't even believe God. For some reason, they certainly know 666. Armageddon, all these other biblical terms and events. It's amazing how people will be triggered to it. Why? Because deep within they know. But the number of his name is interesting because the common concept in the ancient world was what? That in the Greek or the Hebrew, they would always have a numerical value with, a, with the uh, a, a corresponding letters. So an A would be equal to 1, B would be equal to 2, and so forth. And so you would have. But some people can in the Christian world will spin off of that, and they're always looking to say, add this name up. Find those letters, add the numbers. Is it 666? If we do this and this phrasing, and, this, and everyone's always looking to find what they can. You're almost looking to hopefully you discover who the Antichrist is. Stop it. Don't do that. It'll drive you crazy. Just understand the very, very simplistic. You will be clearly communicated to you if you're still here, which I don't believe any of you here are. But let's assume you're talking and you're thinking about your cousin right now. Or your buddy at work. And they won't receive the truth of the gospel from you. And that person's left behind. They are going to make a very clear decision. Or even a person who not saved gets saved during the tribulation. And they are going to have a very clear decision that this mark, this is not something you're going to passively give to you. And you didn't know that. Just because you got your credit card, your new credit card update, and it has 666 at the end. It doesn't mean you've taken the mark. It will be a very distinct decision. Are you put your allegiance to this? And are you going to bow down? Are you going to follow this leader? And you will deliberately choose to follow him. Just like you have by faith right now. You have a decision. Are you going to give your life to Jesus and follow him by faith? In the end times, you will have a choice as well. Follow the image, create the image, follow, take the mark, or you will die. So it's, we find that this mark will be given as a sign of devotion or a pledge of allegiance to this man. It's not going to be passive. You are going to make that decision. I pledge my loyalty to the Antichrist and will serve, and it will serve. This mark will serve like a passport. You will not be able to move without that mark. You will not be able to engage in commerce. And lastly, verse 18. 
Here is wisdom. I love how this verse starts off. Here is wisdom. For you and I, here's, here's the wisdom that God is imparting to you and I on this whole subject here. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. For it is the number of, of a man, his number is 666. So those tribulation saints, those who are in the, during the seven-year tribulation, will understand what is happening in the world under this Antichrist. When they see this mark, they see this number, they see this name, they see this, they are going to know. They're not going to be deceived and understanding. They have the Spirit of God in them as a believer. They're going to recognize this. How this 666 was going to play out in the end times and how it's going to be figured and how it's going to be seen and how the methodologies and all these things, none of us know because it's nowhere in the scripture. And how you can unlock the mystery of how you, what makes up that 666 to, to identify us as who the Antichrist is. Again, you're not going to figure that out. Many people have tried. But we also know it's a number of man that, that we do know. And so in the early churches, they were reading and reading this through. They understood because many times in the past, they thought in the early church that the Antichrist was Caesar Nero. And so they take the word Caesar Nero and look, add up the numbers and say, does it work out to be 666? And if it didn't work simply, then they start trying to rewrite it. Well, is there another name for Caesar, another name for Nero? And let's, how do we make that fit to be 666 so we know Caesar Nero is the Antichrist? He wasn't the Antichrist. But petty people try to make him to be the Antichrist. People say, how does, how does Jesus add up in the Greek? Adds up to 888. And so what happens? The counterfeit, the imitation that Satan throws out cannot be 888. That's Jesus. Can't be 777 because that's completion. So what is the number for man? Six. And so he created 666. See, again, imitation, counterfeit, deception. So as we take a look at this, and we close this out here, at the very end here, the two beasts have satanic imitations. We're presented this false Christ, this false, a false John the Baptist who promotes the false God. Satan can't create, but he can effectively deceive an imitation of something of perception of it as being real when it's not real. Imitations work precisely because as they are similar. And that's how people, Satan gets us caught because it sounds, it's so similar to what I think I know, what the Bible says, but it's not. It's, it's been twisted.
And, but they're going to come to light where it's going to be so different in regards to light and dark, in regards to the separation of sheep and goat, the separate, all, we see these things in the scriptures of it will come to light and things will be separated. And so instead of obsessing over fear, or even interest, be consumed by this imitation and trying to search out what 666 or the name and who the Antichrist is, how it all plays out, how much more appropriate is it for you and I, as a child of God, as a Christian, to just stay focused on the genuine, to stay focused on Jesus Christ? My, my encouragement, my brothers and sisters, as the world gets really squirrely and becomes very difficult, major changes coming. Stay focused on the genuine, the, the, the real, the real thing, the real person, Jesus Christ. Stay focused on the word of God and test all things by the word. Be in prayer. Stay, don't talk to self, talk to, talk to him. To stay grounded. Don't let fear and panic make you make bad decisions. Life-altering decisions. Be very, 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 very careful. And we'll be all tested. We have all been tested in the last few years. But more testing is coming. But if God is for you, who can be against you? Amen? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your grace and your mercy upon our lives, Lord. Thank you for your word and your promises, Lord that you're coming back to take your bride out of here. But however that long may be, Lord, we may see many things. We see the evil, the dark days getting worse and worse, a wave coming across. We see it's happening in other parts of the world, Lord. To our brothers and sisters, we see the, the evilness reigning, the, 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 the hypocrisy, the, the lawlessness, Lord, at all levels of government. Lord, these are very, very dark times. But may we be settled and secured and standing on the rock. Our faith in you, Lord Jesus. And we put our faith in you and you alone. We trust in you. With our lives. Because you first loved us and you gave your life to us. To make a way for us to have eternal hope and eternal life. We're so thankful, grateful. It's not even, there's no words to even describe of the depths of love and gratitude and thankfulness for saving us, securing us, blessing us, Lord. We thank you and praise you. Amen.